Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. In this show, we hope to bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened. The planet, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way or ascending on their spiritual path. Things are changing from a third or fourth dimensional world to something different, where we're expanding our world from duality to a world where we are back to all one, and we're interested in new ways to create peace within ourselves and with others. Ascension means different things to different folks, but there are similar stories, and more energy is available to us to raise our vibration. We've noticed that we can connect with spirit faster, move energy around quicker, and time is speeding up. The way we use words is changing, carrying new vibrations, and the way we interpret events is expanding. We are letting go of old ways of thinking and beliefs that do not serve us anymore, and we're asking different questions of ourselves and our world. The way we define love is getting bigger, and there are always bigger, brighter waves to surf. So grab your board. We'll be looking at ways we redefine magnetism, power, and peace. Let's ride the waves of our new ascension, psychic, or spiritual spaces together, and we're going to share our stories. psychic waves today with my very special guest Leah Scallon who has been on tour in Australia and she'll see you in other parts of the world I imagine and she's just released a beautiful album called Luminous Pearl and it's just fantastic so welcome Leah I'm so glad you're back surfing the psychic waves with us today well it is an absolute pleasure Christina to be talking to you again I've missed you I know you've been so busy. So let's see. Let me let me see if I, ha- I have this right. So at the end of December twenty first, I think twenty twelve, you're in the studio, uh, and then you were working on the album for a couple of months there, and then now you've had let's say downloads from this beautiful crystal skull, which I have met in real life, named Solar, and you've been busy with these new transmissions, and so now the tour. So you have a lot to sort of emit to the world well at times I sort of think you know what am I doing (laughs) Uh, but I I tend to be operating these days more and more from my inner guidance and my intuition and it's quite extraordinary what happens when you do that Um, I'm sure lots of your listeners are finding the same thing I think we're moving out of the head and into the heart and with that we are letting go in a sense of the control. And when we do that, extraordinary things can happen. Um, you know, I've just found that I'm being taken on adventures that I couldn't have dreamed up in a way. And uh, this Sounds of Source tour is a case in point. Um, as I mentioned to you before, Christina, this um, the guidance for this tour came through just after I'd finished the birthing period for the new album, The Luminous Pearl. I came out of that very intense period, um, and I should mention that going into the studio on uh, the 21st of December 2012 was also imperative guidance that I received. That, um, as you know, was the um, that incredible focal point, um, the end of the Mayan calendar, the winter solstice 2012, was a time that's been prophesied in many of the ancient, uh, you know, indigenous people have prophecies talking about this particular time in our history. And I received guidance that I needed to be in the studio on the 
December the 21st for three days to bring through the new cosmic energies that were coming onto the planet at that time, flooding in from the cosmic source, and to embed those frequencies into the music that people could then access, you know, far into the future, which is what I did. And that album is now called The Luminous Pearl. So that holds coded messages of light from our great central sun, you know, um, which came through to us at that time. Uh, just at the end of that, when the production was over and the CD was released to the world, I then got this new instruction, which again, I thought, am I imagining this? Uh, but it was so insistent, I had to follow it. I was basically being told that I needed to make myself available to transmit transformative sound frequencies from source that would assist people in dealing with the solar radiation that's currently uh, bombarding the planet. We've got a lot of, you know, solar waves, solar storms, a lot of geomagnetic activity that is affecting us physically. And um, we can see it in the other species, the animal species like the whales beaching themselves, the birds literally falling from the skies. The electromagnetics of the planet are being very impacted. And of course, our electromagnetic field has been impacted as well. So these transmissions were to specifically help uh, people to adapt to this um, activity that's going on. And I suppose to help people to harness the positive side of, of that um, energy. You know, obviously, we know the negative sides, it can affect our emotions, it can affect our, you know, our mental state. But to be able to be conscious enough to access that energy and harness it and use it for positive transformation and change is a whole other thing. And that's what these transmissions were to do. So um, it's been very interesting. I was given a um, a number of very specific um, things to enact in regard to the tour. I was told that the um, transmissions would be coming in on the sacred indigo ray and also that the number 10, the sacred geometry and numerology of the 10 was very important. And as I discovered later, that is the number of perfection. Ah. Uh, yes. Um, I found out that, you know, in the ancient mystery schools that the number 10 was considered the number of perfection, the, the one of new beginnings and the zero point of limitless potential. I was also told that I was to um, bring into being a stone called the source stone that would embody the sacred geometry of the 10 and also would embody the sacred indigo ray. So there were to be five master stones um, that would um, grid the space uh, for the transmissions, four in the cardinal points and one with me to assist me with bringing through the transmissions, which brings me to another point, which was really interesting. When I got the, um, the instructions to do this tour, I saw myself in all of the major cities of Australia and then farther afield. And... I was told that it wasn't just to do one event in a city or a region. It needed to be four events in the four cardinal points. And the reason for this was that it would this these four events in the four cardinal points would create a vortex or a gateway of energy that would basically give it would create a gateway to source. And the image I had and still have is that when 
this um, gateway is opened and anchored, it becomes like a pillar or like a new antenna or a new satellite to source. And the more people tune into it, the stronger it gets. And then the more and more people in the region will be magnetized into that source gateway. This makes so much sense to me. And, you know, Christina, it was extraordinary. As I said before, when you let go and you just let the divine flow take over, what happens? I was basically told that I was only to charge $10 entry for this right. um, for this event. Now, I live in far north Queensland, which means I have to fly great distances to go to all of these other cities. So, you know, I thought, well, that's really going to work, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I've got to I've got to get myself there, accommodate myself and all of that. But it was so strong. I just had to put it out. And they said it will be up to the people of those cities to basically make this happen. If this is going to happen, then the people in those places need to, in a sense, galvanize and commit to bringing this, um, these transmissions to them, to themselves. So I put it out in a newsletter and I just said, look, if you would like this to happen, I am ready and willing. Um, if hosts would like to come forward, I will go. And the words I got very clearly three times in my head were those who with eyes to hear and those to hear will call. And that's exactly what happened immediately, just seamlessly, without much effort at all. Four hosts came forward for um, uh, South Queensland. Another Five hosts came forward for Melbourne, which I'll be going to very soon. But not only that, when I went to do the events in Queensland, the dates were organized purely around the people and, you know, what suited them and, you know, how I could arrange the venues in close proximity to each other. The night before the first event or the day before the first event, I got information that that next day when the event would take place was the night of the full moon of the Guru which is uh, has been called the perhaps the most important full moon of this century and the first new moon of the golden age. Now, I knew nothing about that. So that spanned a three day period as full moons do. That also led up then onto the uh, 26th of July, which was the Mayan New Year and which the Mayans consider to be the beginning of the golden age, the first day of the golden age. It moved from there to the final event being on the um, on the cusp of the planetary Merkaba that appeared in the skies on the 29th of July. So those four events took place without any planning really on my behalf or anybody else's behalf in that specific period of time, the most potent energetic period to date, I would think of this year. So that's how spirit organizes things, you know, and there were many more synchronicities, of course, that, um, you know, happened along the way to confirm that this indeed was something that was meant to happen. And it feels very, very good to have that first pillar in place. It just feels so right. You know, I would love to hear your thoughts on, you know, as you're in this mode of creating this beautiful music and, you know, some people would call it channeling. Maybe you just call it singing. (laughs) Maybe it's just you connecting with, you know, a multitude of, of beings that you're part of, you know. 
how do you think that transmits as you do these performances live? I mean, going from the studio to a live performance, is it a similar experience or is it expanded? What, it, what is that like? It's the same, but it's different. Um, the same uh, principle involves because in the studio, um, my work would be what, you know, jazz musicians or whatever would call improvised. It comes through in the moment in the studio. So what you hear on the CD, on the album, is basically what came through in the studio. Of course, it's been finessed. It's been, you know, there have been other um, music tracks added or whatever. But the actual vocal itself and the melody and the sounds that come through from me are basically what came through in the studio. Now, there's obviously... Uh, the, mostly a long period of lead up to my preparation to be ready to go into the studio to do that. But in principle, it's the same that happens at a, at a live event when I go there. And of course, as soon as I know that event is, is going to happen, maybe six months, down, six weeks down the track or whatever in this situation where it was about six weeks before I embarked on the thing, it happened very quickly. I'm already seeing myself there. I'm seeing myself channeling. I'm calling in the people. I'm seeing in a sense that it's already happened or it's already happening. So the energy waves are already establishing themselves. The energy waves are already going out. The intention has been set right from the seeding of the project. When it comes to the point of being there, then I open myself in the same way that I would in the studio. I've already set the intention that whatever energies wish to reach the people in that group in that moment and farther afield from the amplification that goes out from there, that I be the pure and perfect channel for that to happen. Now, channel is not a word I like, but that I be the open vessel or the conduit for those energies to come through with as little blockage as possible from me. What I find in the live situation is that it's very, very moving for people. Um, and I think perhaps it is, it's that beautiful thing, I suppose, of our humanity, of our, that tangible physical thing of being human where you can put your hand on someone, where they can feel you standing beside them, they feel the literal physical vibrations coming from you and through them. Mm -hmm. So it has another dimension. The, the recorded work is very beautiful for people because they can experience it when they want, as they want, in their own space, in their own time. Um, the physical thing when it's in a group yeah, there's something different when we're all coming together now. Yeah. Yeah. Human beings have changed <laughs> just since the end of December. I mean, I, I think we're doing something different with our energies almost daily. I, I mean, probably every second, but I can't notice all of that. But, you know, it's it's daily. There's another little shift here or another... Uh, expansion or I notice something that um, a color looks different <laughs> to me. Mm -hmm. The sun is doing something different. Like I just notice a lot more. Well, it is to do, I suppose, isn't it, with our 
awareness and our consciousness expanding and opening up. And this is what this tour is about. You know, it's about how is our sun helping us do that? What is it about the sun that could possibly, uh, that it could possibly be the agent for this quantum leap that we are hoping for, that we are believing that has been prophesized? You know, so we're receiving information from the sun and rather that than that being a negative thing, we need to focus on how we can transform ourselves um, yeah. with, with that energy that's coming from the sun. I just have been really into the sun now for a good five years and I didn't make a big deal about it. It just sort of happened in meditation. But uh, I think when I got the chance to meet Solar that one day, um, I, I guess I, I don't know, something clicked in my head like, mm-hmm. like this is real. <laughs> 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 and um, I, you know, I've been noticing solar flares and uh, certainly when there's a big geomagnetic storm, I'll check spaceweather.com and, and notice, oh, yeah, that's probably the headache that's been hanging around my head. And, and I call it a headache, but it's really not. But it, I don't know what else to call it. And so I think we are being affected by uh, the movements of the sun, and we probably always were. It's just we, we're getting more access. But what does Solar say? Well, you know, sometimes we can be a bit, um, well, I speak for myself. <laughs> I can be a bit <laughs> slow on the uptake. You know, when uh, when these uh, things happen and when information comes through, you know, you're dealing with it as it's coming and you're, you're, in a sense, fighting it in your head. So all of the stuff about these transmissions that I was getting and the logistics and then I've got people ringing me and contacting me and you get caught up in the actual, in a sense, the human aspect of it. And it wasn't until some weeks down the track, I woke up one morning and, you know, I went into my morning practice and that evolved into this sort of three hour session with Solar. And of course, suddenly the penny drops, you know, and he's telling me basically that he is a very, very important uh, part of this project. And it really wasn't until then that I truly gelled solar transmissions, solar. You know, solar <laughs> is filled with golden rutile, the gold of the sun. You yeah. know, sometimes, as I said, we can be very slow in connecting the dots. It took me some weeks into the thing before I re- before he sort of was banging me on the head and saying sort of, you know, <laughs> I'm important here, you know, and so um, I think he is just what he has done for me is to, um, I suppose, deepen my understanding about what the sun is offering us at this time. Um, You know, it was like you, it was some years ago, I think it was about 2006, I was on a trip to Mexico, and that was really the first time I I saw evidence of the sun giving us information, you know, in these photographs that came through with these hieroglyphics coming from the sun. And um, since Solar has come into my life, he came in uh, just before, as you know, you met him in June when he had just come into my care. He came back to Australia just in time for the total solar eclipse. 
And I live in Cairns, which is the one place in the world that that could be seen in its 100% totality. So Solar got himself to Cairns in time to be under the rays of the total solar eclipse uh, last year. So, so incredible. It is incredible. And so he's... I mean, these are crystal skulls, and this one is huge. 36 kilos. Yeah. And so he's getting himself here, and then he's opening my horizons to what all of this is about. And then I'm suddenly realizing as this is going on, and he made it very clear. And of course, then I thought, oh, of course. And um, he um, made me then realize, uh, you know, I had got the information that I needed to bring through these um bring into being these source stones, as I mentioned before, and there would be the five, five that would be in the four cardinal points and one with me, and then other replicas were made for people who felt drawn to have them because what these source stones are doing is they're anchoring and grounding the energy. Not only that, because they embody the energy of the ten, they embody the sacred indigo ray, they also embody the sun's rays because they have golden pyrite in them. They're made from lapis lazuli. So they, oh, have, my they have golden pyrite, which carries the energy of the solar rays as well. What I realized then as time went on was that solar was my original source stone. He was the one who anchored into me the realization and the energy of the transformative um, aspect of the sun. So now he is um, in these events, although I can't carry him around in person, which is a real shame because he's just too big and too heavy. Um, he is on the altar in, you know, I basically have his image there. And what he is doing, his presence, of course, is very much there. We know that energy has no boundaries, no borders. And he is amplifying these transmissions that are coming through me. And he is really helping people to embed them and anchor the frequencies into their being. So, yeah, he's extraordinary. And, you know, as I say to people, really, what he is, is an interdimensional gateway. After I got him, as you know, because I think I, I showed you maybe even at that stage we saw the photographs, the first yeah. shots that were taken of him when he came into my care showed these incredible images inside him. One was of a presence like St. Germain, like an oil painting. It was in such precision and such detail. There were yeah. others that showed him with human eyes. There were others that showed him with all of these beings in him. And what he was showing me from the outset was that he is an interdimensional gateway through which these energies can contact us. It's almost like he's a doorway to these other dimensions and to these other worlds. And that is what he's doing with these uh, sounds of source events. He's opening the door for these energies to come through and reach people. So great. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, Ten years ago, I don't think you thought you might be doing this, like being an ambassador for the galactic, you know, gateway, the galactic sun, the fifth sun we can't even see. <laughs> it is, <I'm, laughs> you know, it's mind boggling. I, I couldn't. It's seriously, I couldn't have dreamed it up. I honestly couldn't. Um, you know, ten years ago, um, I had just brought out my first album. There are now ten sounds of serious albums. <laughs> so I mean, who would have thought, you know? Um, but, and 
I still feel it's very much an open book. I'm just, I suppose, trying as much as I can to surrender to the process. And that's what I've tried to do all along. It's been a journey of being asked to surrender and to trust. And very often, as in this case here that I've just talked about with the tour, I have to just say, okay, I'll just go do it. I'm not sure what it's about. I really don't know. In, you know, I really don't have a full understanding of it. But the, you know, the guidance is so strong. You think, well, I just need to go do it. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, well, then, well, it doesn't. But inevitably, it does. <laughs> inevitably, there's a reason. There are no accidents. Yeah, there's too many bits of confirmation, yeah. you know, whether the sun just had a big major eruption, you know, and you and you can track that or there's a giant star of David in the sky um, that mirrors back that 10 to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, the giant moon of all moons, yeah. you know, the day that you're starting your tour, I mean, there's just too many little inklings. And I guess one of the things that I can tell folks out there is that this started with the trip that you took to Mount Shasta. Um, and I think you fell on your knees when you saw Solar. I wasn't there, but I think that's, you just were in communion <laughs> with this giant crystal skull up in Mount Shasta. And, and then here we are. You're on tour right now. I know. and But, you know, it started before that, uh, Christy. It was the probably four to six months before that. Yeah. Well, just the most incredible journey. I couldn't, it's like stranger than fiction that led to me getting to Manchester. It included a solo pilgrimage to Uluru. I was supposed to go to Hawaii for the Venus Transit. Again, I was given very clear information that I was to cancel all plans to go to Hawaii. I was to go to Uluru instead. I had no idea why I was going to Uluru, what I was going to do there. Again, dates, I arrived. At, there was a, some sort of lunar event just before that, that I didn't even know was happened. I arrived on that day. So I was literally at Uluru watching the moon rise on that huge lunar eclipse or whatever it was. And uh, was there for the Venus transit a couple of days later. But there had been many, many things that happened in the four. It was a a shamanic journey of huge um, purport. Um, When I met Solar in Manchester, you're absolutely right. I walked in, I saw him, I literally fell to my knees. I threw my arms around him and I said, I know you, I know you, I know you. And I was laughing, crying. I mean, it. It sounds completely <laughs> ridiculous to anybody who has never come in contact. Until with it happens to them. <laughs> if you haven't met a crystal skull or if you, haven't, if you don't know anything about crystal skulls, you probably think They'll I'm find absolute, you. Well, you probably think I'm a lunatic and that you're a lunatic, you know, to be speaking in this way. But crystal skulls, they find you. They find you. They have a way of connecting with the people they need to connect with. And they travel. They travel more than you or I put together. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they make it through customs. Like, I, I don't understand it at all. But I do know that there's something incredible about a piece of chemistry or a piece of the earth or the, a piece of a galactic rock that's embedded in the earth finds its way towards a human. Mm-hmm. That is just amazing. 
It is. And I suppose it speaks to the fact that, you know, we are not just physical, you know, collections of cells. We are more than we know. I yeah. think that what these crystal skulls are showing us, they're opening doors to other realities. They're showing us, I think, that we are interdimensional beings ourselves. And that, you know, this physicality that we have come to think is what is all, you know, or that's how we've been sort of brought up to believe that this is it, you know, our physical body dies and, well, you know, maybe we don't, nothing happens after that, you know. What we're beginning to realize is that energy never dies. We never die. We are part of this huge cosmic energy field. And so, in a sense, why wouldn't a crystal skull be able to do that? And why wouldn't we be able to travel to other dimensional realms? You know, we just know very, uh, our current vision is very tunnel vision. It's very small. And I think what scientists are understanding now about the solar waves and the how these can affect our brain is that they can um, perhaps trigger the pineal gland to release molecules that can expand our consciousness. And this is perhaps how the quantum leap will happen. I'm ready for a quantum leap. I am definitely ready. <laughs> I am definitely <laughs> ready. You know, we've got to move out of this old stuff that keeps going round and round in our heads and our, you know, our behavioral patterns that, you know, seem to want to just dig themselves in and not shift. But, you know, we're trying. We've been chipping away bit by bit and we've really we have made progress. I think, you know, we really have. We're beginning to understand more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so just a few more crystal skulls later and, you know, you're having a little solar party. That's right. So um, where can folks find the Luminous Pearl? The Luminous Pearl, it can be found all over the place, actually. It can be found on my website, www.soundsofsirius.com. It can be found on Amazon, on CD Baby, on iTunes. So we've only released one single from the album, which is called Age of Wisdom. So digitally, it, that one, that track is available on iTunes. The actual physical album is available from Amazon and from CD Baby and various other um, outlets, as well as um, my website. And you have a couple more tour dates coming up in Australia. I do. I'm um, going to Melbourne soon, and there are the four cardinal, uh, cardinal point events there. Um, the first one starts on the 15th, and there's actually an extra one there in the Mornington Peninsula, which um, just to add a little bit of um, icing on the cake. Oh, great. And then hopefully um, Perth and the environs will be in September and uh, probably Sydney and the environs in October. That's how it's shaping up at the moment. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Leah, for being with us on Surfing the Psychic Waves. And we're going to share a little bit more of the Luminous Pearl with you folks out there. So thanks for surfing with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure, Christy. Thanks for having me.
I'm not.